Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McAllen. The Wisconsin State Journal reports that Yeji Kim was losing her vision as a young child being raised in South Korea. She stayed home and had no friends, but Yeji reconnected with her peers after she found something very powerful. That very powerful thing was music. As an adult, Yeji wants to open the music world more to others with visual impairments by expanding the access and ease of music education. It would take Yeji a trip halfway across the globe to create a way that could change how music was taught to the blind. She has developed a method called Tactical Stave Notation. Yeji is here to share her inspiring story and music teaching approach with us. Also joining us is Dr. Todd G. Wellborn. Todd is Emeritus Professor of the School of Music at the University of Wisconsin, or UW-Madison. Todd was Yeji's advisor. Todd is here to elaborate on this inspirational musician's success and the tactile stave notation method. In addition to Yeji and Todd, Tim Oswalt, UW-Madison's Department of Mechanical Engineering's Polymer Engineering Center co-director is also joining us. Welcome to the show, Yeji, Todd, and Tim. Thank you. Hello. Hello, everybody. Yeji, the Wisconsin State Journal reports that as a small child, your vision became worse. How did it become worse, and how did this affect your childhood? I don't exactly know how it happened actually i was i everybody really guesses that i was born with some kind of problem with my retina since the you know different hospital diagnosis different kind of symptoms so we really decide not to really check seriously in any way i could see a little bit but really it was not enough to you know hang out with other typical kids outside so it's very, it was natural to spend uh, most of the time listening, listening to music or playing, playing something or singing at home almost all day long. So it was a kind of very natural to get along with the music from very early age. So you were at home a lot, but you spoke out and found a way out of that lonely life and a way to reconnect with friends and other people. Tell us about this life-changing event. Yeah, so I kind of needed to get into some school, so it was uh, kind of uh, about two hours from my home. So I went to our school for the blind, which is a special school for the visually impaired. At that moment, I kind of got to know some small institute, just uh, ordinary institute. I went there, I kind of begged mom to, you know, give some lesson or some, some teachers to, who can teach me. So I went there, 
But, you know, they really didn't know how to deal with me and they didn't have experience. They kind of, they gave me lesson, but it wasn't really lesson. But I liked being there because there are lots of different like excited kids so we could get along with and since they kind of were kind of amazed that you know some blind kids can play something or play without kind of a barrier so they kind of thought very interesting perhaps so we could get along very well so it was the moment that I could kind of have a small tinge of confidence about my music life. <laughs> Fabulous. You did enroll at South Korea Seoul National School for the Blind, where you learned yeah. Braille and then piano by the age of 15. Wisconsin State Journal article. You also got your PhD from the University of Wisconsin-Madison School of Music. I mean, this is huge. Tell us more about your musical journey and how you spoke out to achieve such a big accomplishment, big accomplishment in your field. Actually, when I, uh, the starting at the age of 15 really doesn't make sense because it really, it doesn't mean that I started at the moment because I was doing somehow musical activity inside and outside of school. The accompanying choir or some accompanying church or something, I went also, I competed some competition. I did play somehow, but didn't really seriously study hard. I met very nice teacher at the age of 15 and I started this advanced music education. I began serious intensive repertoire as well. Went to enter the Sungmyung Women's University and I graduated there. I also did a master's there. And then while I was doing music education for master's, I had to cover the kind of different kind of concert opportunity, not only solo, but also chamber music or some solo with orchestra. So I kind of somehow I need to study more seriously abroad. So I went to U.S. for the first time master's course at the Peabody Conservatory in Baltimore, Maryland. But, you know, I had a problem speak, understanding English there. But other sighted uh, students, they noticed uh, from the gestures and facial expression, even they cannot really speak, really. For myself, since I cannot see them, their facial expression or gesture, the only way was just uh, struggling to study harder and harder. So actually it helped me. So I thought, you know what, why am I here? So I just uh, wasn't therefore you know playing the piano but you know i really missed i continued the graduate performance diploma degree which is only focused on playing but i didn't finish actually and then uh, moved to the uw medicine because i really missed coming to korea because i had a kind of homesick there i applied to several actually university one of them was uw medicine which i think really lucky to get there but the day i auditioned it was really kind of had a problem because of that uh, that day snowed a lot so the baltimore airport was closed couldn't really go there but i really wanted to do somehow so i really 
uh, email and you know phone to beg to faculty member if I can get more chance to take live audition. So I just uh, so kind of them, you know, they could uh, give me one more chance. So I was there. In general, if you go to live audition, you can play less than 10 minutes, but they asked you know more than you know 30 minutes. I was really shocked, but it was kind of good that I could talk more and I could. Uh, were discuss about my future project and soon and soon they thought positively so I could be there and I could also finish it there. That's it. Staying positive is definitely the best medicine for anyone, I think, Yeji, especially sure. to go for your dreams. We're going to talk about the tactile stave notation method in a second, but Todd and Tim, tell us about yourselves and how you worked with Yeji. I'm now retired. A.G. described the audition very well when there was a snowstorm on the East Coast. She couldn't get to Madison. And so we did, as she said, set up another audition for her, uh, especially for her. We did hear her play quite a while. We were amazed at her ability. We were charmed by her description of her love for music and what she wanted to do at the University of Wisconsin. I think she described a different project at that point that she would be looking toward, which something to do with visually impaired early learning, which turned out to be somewhat the same, but became this notation project. Amazingly, right before her audition, I had seen a commercial on TV, a Samsung commercial that uh, featured a young visually impaired pianist with her guide dog talking about imagine the possibilities, I think it was. And it turned out this was this was JG. And uh, we kind of took us a while to make the connection that this is the person who was auditioning for us. We were completely uh, uh, convinced by her ability to do the program, which is a very demanding PhD program, which included lots of playing, but also lots of coursework. But we saw a great determination and uh, were charmed by her presentation, and so we accepted her. Then teaching her was just, uh, from my perspective, was very much like teaching any advanced piano student. Her uh, Playing was already at the highest level, and so we just talked music and interpretation. That part was uh, not very different uh, in terms of the actual mechanics of lessons. We would discuss different masterworks and how to best project them in performance. Of course, it came to the research project, finally, and that was evolved, I guess you'd say. It came out of a, a certain lesson that we were discussing, I believe it was Chopin Prelude, it was 28 number 2, A minor, that had in the visual notation that I was looking at had an indication of a certain inner melody, which in her Braille notation didn't exist. It took a long time for us to figure that out, that that's what I was telling her. There was no way for her to perceive, basically. That was the beginning of trying to devise some kind of notation that would overlap visual students who could see and students who could not see. That was the genesis of that. That's wonderful. We're going to get to that method in a second. Tim, we haven't heard from you. How did you work with the AG and guide her research and help her become successful? Our involvement, of course, was more uh, in the sense of engineering meets a need. So engineers, if we see some problem or see a need, 
we right away start thinking about a solution. So that's 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 what we do. And one of my graduate students had met JG and and Todd and had seen that JG had actually very painstakingly generated three-dimensional scores where she took a plastic film and she drew with an acrylic on the plastic film, creating a slightly high relief that she could feel then. And she would do it by feel. So she would draw on it and then by feel do it. And so the question then was, is there a simpler solution to generating these scores? We do research in my lab, among other things, with 3D printing techniques. And we had this new machine, the selective laser sintering system that can actually make fairly thin parts, like sheets of paper, for example, with maybe uh, uh, something three-dimensional. And so we we tried to find a way then to scan musical scores and then uh, transform them into a three-dimensional CAD design that would then be printed. And so the result were these thin plastic sheets with very nice raised part where the scores, they were first a little bit sharp, the corners were sharp, and I think they felt a little bit aggressive to JG's fingers. And so we did do some tweaking back and forth that the corners would be a little bit rounded off so it wouldn't feel so sharp. And so, but uh, she could in a way then see the music like people that are not visually impaired uh, could see it, which was kind of a fun a fun thing. And so it was just a lot of back and forth between my students, undergraduate and graduate students, and talking with JG and talking with Todd. This is a big accomplishment, JG. You had a dissertation... Yeah that helped you earn your doctorate, that talked about the development of tactile stave notation. Your professors here have talked a little bit about the method already, but the method gives the sheet music a 3D quality. Describe this quality to our listeners. Yeah, this system I kind of issued for the first time with involves making conventional printed score, stave score, accessible to not only visually impaired, but also sighted teacher or co-workers, both tactile sense as well as visual sense. My intention was not only for using for visually impaired students, but also allow visually impaired people to learn music inclusive education environment without barrier could getting brain music which is quite time consuming this is actually so this system system is based on concept of universal design is focused on the creation of alternative musical medium that involves levels of accessibility and intuitiveness that are similar to those of conventional printed stave score. As Professor Wellborn said, I had a kind of this point that I started to change my project to think about, I mean, create some idea to make a similar kind of intuitiveness to this conventional score, which Bray score doesn't have. Actually, I didn't feel that much difficulty because I used the uh, Bray music score from very early age, like seven or six. So I really didn't feel that much difficult to use it. But I saw many cases for people who lose their sight, age 40s, 50s, even though they had musical background, they just quit because of blindness and because of getting difficulty 
because of the difficulty to get enough, you know, prayer education for only, you know, just music things. So just I thought about it and also, you know, more and more music, not only music, but every other education atmosphere is going to be like inclusive atmosphere in anywhere in the world. I thought about it in any way we are studying and living and working together whether you have a disability or you don't have. So just in this case, I thought it should be needed somehow. So I kind of start to think about this is something that can be used both sides. Wonderful. So the music teachers, they don't even have to know Braille in order sure. to use the system. That's very convenient. <laughs> and that opens access to more music teachers for the blind. And that also opens access for really anybody who wants to learn music blind, visually impaired or not, to use the system. This is great. All of you, what is your personal opinion of the new tactile stave notation method? For me, I think it has great potential because in many cases of disabilities, the goal is to make designs universals like sidewalk cuts that can be used by uh, wheelchairs as well as bicycles and pedestrians. This is just another step to universalize a design so that everyone can learn together in the same room. Teachers can use the same method for visually impaired as well as sighted students. So I think it has great potential. It needs a lot of work still and and probably some, uh, some heavy backing, uh, but uh, I think it does have potential. Now, Yeji, you've applied for the provisional patent for tactile stave notation, but need assistance in paying the legal fees, correct? Three years ago, I had this situation and I actually dropped it there. It was in U.S. and then I had to return here and I started to work here. I kind of uh, dropped it there for applying and then actually my scheduling this interview for everybody here like three people, it was already difficult. Besides that, just we, this engineering department and myself, we didn't kind of have enough, how to say, collaboration after my graduation. It also for myself, I, if I can have this kind of score, it's really great for myself. So I just uh, didn't drop completely. So I kind of, you know, I don't have enough vision to, you know, try technical stuff myself but i have enough energy to poke people around myself i just talk and talk and then you know i had uh, some separate international conference for visually impaired i presented about twice once in england and once in japan so i created some interest around myself i finalized very nice accessible not only accessible but efficient and even affordable kind of ways to create this score and myself, and then I applied here, not provisional, but non-provisional patent here. So it was, uh, it's uh, now kind of under the process, it's already approved here. So it's a uh, very last documentation stuff left. I'm almost done and I'm ready for kind of, uh, I don't know how to say, introduce to public next, I think, hopefully next year. The development of these things takes time. And it takes yeah, a lot takes of money time. to do it too. Sure. Since I don't have, you know, extra, you know, support from extra, you know, some 
some other, you know, organization where, you know, government organizations. So I kind of took, oh, I kind of had to spend my own fund for myself. Anyway, it's been almost done. Oh, getting there. Getting there. It's getting close. What's your future, Yeji, in terms of performing music now that you have your PhD? I'm currently teaching at the Sungyeong Women's University where, where I have graduated for the bachelor's and master's. I'm teaching piano department. I am art director for a small organization which arranged in 2014. And I am working as a pianist accompanist for Heart of Vision Chamber Orchestra, which is the only orchestra who only comprised of visually impaired musicians, professional musicians. So we went there once, like US uh, this April. So I work for soloist, pianist. Yeah, just a lot of kind of concert is going on. Concerts are going on. And so, you know, I'm kind of surrounded by music every day. You know, every day I have to memorize new stuff. You know, it's you not know, just I have a very happy life after graduation at UW Medicine. I'm really satisfied myself. Where can we learn more about you in tactile stave notation? For the issue of, you know, patent, some legal issue or some, I don't know, some policy issue, I couldn't uh, post or I couldn't uh, release some article uh, kind of for some broadcast system or media yet because they have a certain policy you cannot really you, if you uh, release such a kind of uh, stuff, then it's a band. So, uh, you know, I really didn't. Uh, I am collecting all the kind of information that I need. And then uh, when it's ready, and I will open to everybody. Okay. Yeji, Todd, Tim, anything else you'd like to add? No, just uh, we wish her uh, the very uh, best and uh, want to see how it uh, turns out. And uh, I'm sure it'll be a success with her behind it. Yes, all the best wishes also from us. And hopefully we'll have more people coming to us with their need and where we, take, we can use technology to hopefully help solve the problems. One more thing. Yeji, would you like to play a little tune for us before we go? Well, you know, it's uh, after 10 p.m. here, you know, almost 11, so I'm not sure I can play. You know, I just was uh, going to kind of play something very Korean-ish, Korean tune. It's uh, one of the Korean famous traditional tune. I can only play very, you know, very softly since it's night, late night. Okay. <laughs> play, you know, very, very shortly sure that's is it fine, fine? <laughs> okay Sorry to play very short. <laughs> but, you know, just... 
that was great. You did a great job, Yeji. And um, thank so you. That that was beautiful. We wish you much success in your music career. And Tim, Todd, and Yeji, we hope that the new tactile stage notation method is going to help our blind musicians read and play beautiful songs for their family, friends, and the world. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting. Yes, thanks for coming on. And before we go, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind, or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out! Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Tired of the same old survival reality shows that aren't too real? <coughs> then join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview real famous and inspirational blind individuals and other specialists about a real wide variety of topics, providing you with real steps to achieve your dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern and replays throughout the day on Thursdays on ACB Radio Mainstream. Happy listening! California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. You're listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, the talk of the blind community. ACB Radio.